Show on 1031 The Wave, talking Weber State Wildcats with the coaches, players, and fans. Brought to you by Far Better Ice Cream, celebrating a century of serving you. It's not just ordinary, it's far better. And now, here's your host, Steve Klauke. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to a Far Better Sports Show. We're broadcasting live from the Bars Ice Cream at the corner of 21st Street and Grand Avenue in downtown Ogden. Come have a scoop or two and enjoy some Weber State sports talk here on a Tuesday night that's actually turned out to be a pretty good night. Unfortunately, it didn't stay that nice for the softball team. They were up 4 nothing when the snow and rain came, and so they uh, lost their, ended up uh, not having that game uh, completed against the Aggies. But uh, we have a busy show for you today. Summer Allen, who finished seventh and is an All-American in cross-country, will be joining us, as well as Tim Crompton, athletic director, Jeremiah Larson, the head volleyball coach of the Big Sky Champion volleyball team. But first, we're joined now by Matt Hammer, the offensive coordinator, quarterback's coach for the football team. Matt, first of all, thanks for joining us here. And I ask all first-timers on this show, what is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Oh man, that's that's a tough choice. I'm I'm a pretty simple person, you know. You just give me just a scoop of vanilla and you know maybe a little bit of Oreo in it. I'm a, I'm a happy camper. So it sounds like Randy Ray. The vanilla is <laughs> his favorite too. <laughs> He's a smart man. <laughs> I like it. Um, you know, I had, had the bye week this past week. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But I wanted to ask you first of all, second tour of duty with Weber State. Your first one was with uh, Coach Ron McBride. Uh, Coach Mack, uh, always uh, an interesting uh, guy to talk to. Uh, was there any one thing in particular that uh, you took away from uh, from Mack style or from uh, from Mack himself uh, into your coaching career? Well, I think the biggest thing that he had the influence on me with is how he sees the run game. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. Him being an O-line coach and that being his background and him coaching it for so long, especially the two-background stuff, um, that's probably the stuff that I take from a football side of it, um, probably more than anything. Um, outside of it, you know, uh, just his appreciation for people. Um, you know, he he loves people, and that's what made him special in recruiting um, and how he build relationships, whether it's with the student-athlete, the parents, the family, the random person that he sees, you know, everybody's a friend to him. So, you know, those couple things that really stand out to me. Yeah, he was one of the first uh, coaches that told me you got to recruit the mom first. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> a lot of truth to that. Uh, after after you left Weber State, six successful years as head football coach at Weber High School, what was it that brought you back to the college game? I missed the challenge of the conversation in the room. Um, all the things that that is fun and challenging about college football, I missed it. I wasn't ready to be the guy with the answers all the time. You know, I'd go into a meeting with the, some of the staff at Weber High, and I would say some things, and everybody's like, "Okay, okay, 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 okay." It's like, "No, freak! Tell me that's terrible. <laughs> that's a bad idea." Um, you know, and then my relationship with Coach Hill. Over the years, um, when he was an assistant at Utah, assistant Weber State, we recruited the same area, and that's where I kind of got to know Coach Hill, worked some camps, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then all my – I have a lot of relationships that have came that's been here with, with Jay, and they just told me how great it was. You know, the type of person he is, how he treats you, you know, um, and those things where – and then I was just ready for a new challenge. Frankly, it just – it got to the point where 
um, I was ready to challenge myself again to see if I could do it and then come into it and I'm coaching a different position I've never I've never coached before um, but that was an awesome awesome experience for me um, to see it from the defensive side um, and how good we've been defensively here at Weber State and now I think it's helped me on the flip side of that of back in the offense coordinator role obviously uh, you were focused on the linebackers uh, last year so uh, you, this may be an unfair question at this point but uh, Based on what we've seen the Wildcats run offensively the last couple of seasons, uh, how different uh, is what you're doing, and uh, how would you describe your own style of offense? Well, it's different in a, in a way of just some ability what we're giving the quarterback to do. Um, you know, from the the decision-making and the checking and those types of things that happen in, during the play at the line of scrimmage. Um, I would describe our offense as where we're going to be multiple. We're going to play multiple personnel, multiple tempo, most, multiple shifts, motions, all those things. Um, but we want to be dynamic in the same in the same breath. You know, we got to have the real ability to run and throw the football and be explosive. Um, you know, and with that, we want to put a we want to put a product on the field that's fun to watch. If it's not fun to watch and it's not entertaining, then it's just it's not fun. It's not a good experience for the fans. Um, but at the end of the day, we got to do things that can win us football games. Well, one of the things that uh, you, you showed that you weren't afraid to try different things because uh, really it was a, a pass play designed uh, when Bronson Barron had that key fourth down conversion in the third quarter. Eventually, he tucked it under and uh, ran hard to get the first down, but uh, not afraid to roll the dice in a situation like that. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, Coach Hill talks to us about it all the time is, you know, we're going to do some things in a game. Might fake it on a special teams play. Might go for it on fourth down. We get it. Great. That's what we're planning to do. If we don't, defense, get a stop, get us the ball back. Um, and so that team, the team aspect of that is just having belief that they're going to get a stop. We're going to get the ball back. we got to score. we got to do our part. Um, so that part of it, the trust factor of what that is and the communication as that goes is awesome. Bronson Barron, uh, all he does is his very first collegiate game at quarterback, be uh, named the Big Sky uh, uh, Offensive Player of the Week uh, that week in the victory over Idaho State. But when you look back, what was the key factor in making the decision that uh, Bronson's going to be the guy to start at quarterback uh, this year as opposed to Randall Johnson, who did get a, a couple of series, I guess, up in Pocatello? Well, he just came down to where he just managed the whole situation better. Um, not that Randall did a bad job. Mm -hmm. Bronson just did it a little bit better. Um, his real ability to throw the football, his decision-making, him able to capture what we're asking that guy to do, play in and play out. Um, and it's been a fun process. But we have so much football this year in front of us. Um, we need those two and the other two guys that are in that room to be very prepared and be ready to play. Of course, a great example of that is the, is the running game. Obviously, Josh Davis, uh, All-American candidate once again, uh, uh, leads the way. But, you know, got Dante back there and uh, and, and some others. Who, uh, great depth at the running back position. Yeah, I mean, a lot of credit goes to Coach Q and what he mm -hmm. did building that room. And Coach Conley's done a great job of just continuing to push those guys every day to be very, very good. Um, the standard that Josh sets of how he practices and how he works and how he trains and what he does on the field, it makes those guys better. You know, the old saying of iron sharpened its iron is very, very true in that room because the things that um, 
Josh can present, what Donnie can present, what Daniel can present, what Dave Jones can do. You know, it's so, so deep, um, that room, that it's a fun problem to have. Um, and I say a, a problem because how do you get all those guys the right amount of touches in a football game? It's it's extremely difficult to love the four guys that you have growing with you, but to say, hey, we're going to get all four of these guys the right amount of carries to get in the flow and the rhythm of a football game, it's extremely hard. Yeah, I mean, the, basically the third guy off the bench in the game, uh, uh, the last opponent uh, was a situation uh, where – uh, Daniel Wright came in and got you that hard run, the 10 yards uh, for the touchdown. And, uh, you know, and he was a guy that had been on the bench for the better part of the game and uh, was ready when called upon. Yeah, and there's, there's no doubt. And that's that's the, the, the mentality that those guys have. And they just want opportunity to play. Mm-hmm. All of them love to play, you know, and we have an extreme faith in whoever's in there to do their thing and it doesn't sometimes it's like you go from one guy to the next guy and it's like oh you kind of hit the panic button but with him with daniel with donnie with dave with josh it's just let them do their thing you know guys up front got to set the tone but you go back to that run of what that meant in that game we hit finally hit a shot next play bang great effort by daniel punching it in it was it was a good deal Talking with Matt Hammer, the offensive coordinator for Weaver State football. And uh, just a side note about uh, Daniel Wright. Pretty excited when I saw today on Twitter that uh, he'd been accepted for his master's program. And, uh, you know, these kids are here for more than just football, obviously. And uh, that's a great example. Well, yeah, I mean, if you know Daniel's whole story, if you dive into what Daniel's been through in his life and first family member to go to college, first family member to graduate from college, now he's going to be has the opportunity to get his master's and do that and to better himself and his family situation. It is unreal. Coach Hill said this yesterday. One of you know one of our favorite things that we get to experience in what we do is obviously the success on the football field. A lot of people see that. But to watch Jared Sheese graduate with his master's mm-hmm. two weeks ago, to what Daniel's doing, to all the successes that they have in this experience, that's why we love to do it you know, is, is to see the other side of that play out. Uh, back to Josh Davis for a second. The first two years uh, uh, in the program, he averaged two receptions per game. He had five in the opening game against Idaho State. Uh, how much of him uh, you know, moving him out wide occasionally is, uh, you know, just be an opportunity to get him in the open field and do some damage there? And how much of it is just uh, trying to preserve him a little bit? Because the first two years, quite frankly, he took quite a beating. Well, if you, if you watched him play when he was in high school and how he was used, he is good enough in space to play, run routes, do those things. And so it's not so much to preserve it, to do this and that, but I think it's the best thing for our football team to get the ball in his hands in a variety of different ways. If it's just the same thing, same thing, same thing, you're just going to get that beating. But we can get him in space, we can attack it, go downfield, you know, line up and empty, all those things. I think it's just the best way to use his ability. Uh, a couple of things before I let you go. Uh, one, uh, obviously, uh, this Saturday, Northern Arizona comes to town. Uh, what problems does their defense present for your offense? I mean, they're, they're a very talented, hard-nosed, play-hard football team. Um, Coach Ball's done a good job down there of building their system of what he wants to do. Um, but they're, they're aggressive. They're 
talented all over the field. It's just a very talented football team that we got to have our full attention to prepare for them and be ready to play. And finally, uh, as an offensive coordinator, it must be nice to uh, to have uh, Rashid Shahid, number 22, back in the lineup to open things up deep. He was open a few times in that game against UC Davis. The wind kind of carried the ball beyond him once and one just off his fingertips. But what a threat he is of the deep ball, and that opens some up for the underneath guys as well. There's no doubt. I mean, the, the ability that you have to stretch the field. I mean, any offensive coach, if you can stretch the, ver- the, the field vertically, and horizontally, you've got a chance to be pretty good. Um, and what Sheed can do in those settings, you know, but we got to hit him. we got to mm-hmm. land him. Yeah, it's, it's all good and fun to throw it, but if we're not hitting him and not landing him, it, you, you end up struggling, you know. We have an ability in the first nine plays of the game against UC Davis to be at 14-0, and we don't capitalize on it. And now we're in an extreme dogfight the rest of the way. Um, and so we got to do a good job of continuing to find him space. Um, you know, that's that's the biggest thing you want to do as a as an offensive coach is how do you find space for your guys you know whether it's in the run game the throw game um and so but he's a very talented player he's a great kid he's he's doing everything right right now to maximize what's going on with them and i'm so happy for him well bat appreciate you uh, stopping by and being a part of the show if you have a chance to enjoy some ice cream because i know that uh, it's almost past your bedtime since i, I saw it today <laughs> you get up and you work out at 3:45 in the morning it, it happens every once in a while i'm <laughs> usually a 5 a.m guy but this morning i had to go a little early because some of the other people at my wife's gym that she runs um where it's going in early so Little little early morning lift, but it, it was worth it. It was fun. Oh, so. good. Good. Appreciate uh, your work and uh, look forward to Saturday's game. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. All right. That's Matt Hammer, Weaver State football offensive coordinator. We'll be back with Jeremiah Larson, the head coach of the Big Sky Volleyball champion Weaver State Wildcats, right after this timeout. You're listening to a far better sports show here on 1031 The Wave. Welcome back to a far better sports show on 1031 The Wave with your host, Steve Klauke. Welcome back to the Far Better Sports Show. We're broadcasting live from the Far's Ice Cream at the corner of 21st Street in Grand Avenue in downtown Ogden. Come on over and have a scoop or two. I went with the the, uh, hot fudge sundae today, and it was absolutely delicious. Well, joining us right now is the head coach of the 2021 Spring Volleyball Championship in the Big Sky, Jeremiah Larson. First regular season title in school history. First of all, Coach, congratulations uh, on a job well done. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a fun season for sure. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it has been 15-1. Uh, and one. Uh, uh, you, you know, you took over six years ago. What did you envision, and, and how did you go about getting to where you are now? Yeah, you know, I think you always envision that this is something that we're, we wanted to do and that we could do. Um, but the whole goal was just to try to get better every day and every year and, and hope and pray that we get enough kids in here that we can get into this position where we're winning a regular season championship and be in the top of the big sky. And when you're in the middle of it, sometimes you don't think that's ever going to happen, you know, like going through the ups and downs. And so but that was our vision is to be here. We didn't know when, but we knew sooner or later if we did our we worked hard enough and got the right kids in our program that we'd be able to to be here someday. We just didn't know when. 
Would you? I mean, you got off to a great start, but would you say that if there was a turning point as to the direction you guys were really headed, was that comeback when you were down 0-2 to Northern Colorado? I mean, that was a big test of our character for mm-hmm. sure. We were being down 2-0 to a really good volleyball team. I still think they're kind of the favorite for this Big Sky tournament, and and to be able to come back and win Game Three, Game Four, and then win in the way we did in Game Five, I think that was just a boost of our confidence that against a really good volleyball team that, yeah, we can be one of the better, best teams in this league and that we can do some fun stuff. So I was watching some of the matches uh, wherever I was, whether it was Boise or at home and all that, and uh, while the crowd was limited, it was loud. Yeah, yeah, it was loud in our place where it was limited, and and for sure the only quiet place that we got to play was NAU, you mm-hmm. know, like there was nobody allowed in there, but yeah, it was loud, and, and it's a fun venue. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine what it's like when we start filling that place up again. It's going to be loud and a good place to come watch some good volleyball. And the thing about it is I think you're set up for a good run over a number of years. I mean, you only have three seniors, obviously, Rylan Adams, Sam Sheets, Ashlyn Power, really the cornerstones of what this team is about. But uh, uh, it sounds like the future is pretty bright. Yeah, I think it is. We got a young kid, Danny Nay, who mm-hmm. was a freshman of the year last year. Emma Mangum's starting to play pretty well. Um, our libero is a freshman, and she is, I think, one of the best passing liberos in our league. She just doesn't get aced. And so I think we bring in a good class in 21, and we're excited about the future of what we have, for sure. I would think with that regular season title and whatever else is had to come, it, it will make uh, recruiting a little bit easier. It's never easy, you know. Like you know, That's why I didn't say <laughs> easy. <laughs> but, yeah, it's um, there's more for sure we're getting more kids interested in our program than we have in the past and what we're doing. And there is an excitement that is fuel in our recruiting process for sure. Now, there are some pretty good uh, junior college volleyball programs in the state. Do you look that way, or would you prefer to get kids right out of high school so that you have them for four years? Yeah, you know, we've been try- we've we've been working and recruiting kids in the junior college ranks here for the last probably year, mm-hmm. working on some kids. Um, some choose to come here and some don't, but for sure that's somewhere we're always looking at to try to see if we can enhance our ro- roster immediately. Uh, uh, you, you wrapped it up against Montana State over the weekend with a 3-1 and 3-0 win. But now you have two weeks off going into the conference tournament in Greeley. Uh, how do you balance between getting the team some rest but also keeping them sharp? Yeah, I think that's the that's a unique challenge. Usually when you're done with the season, you have three or four days, and then you're on the road hitting the conference tournament. This is a little different. Um, we gave our kids the, the Monday and Tuesday off from practice to to kind of heal their bodies and we're mm-hmm. going to pick back up tomorrow and I think it's about making sure the reps are quality and not quantity like we're not doing too much to harm their bodies but yes still staying sharp and that's going to be the unique challenge but our kids come into practice every single day ready to work and get better so it's it's going to be more about reeling them in than anything mm-hmm. else because they're always wanting extra reps mm-hmm. and and trying to figure out that nice little balance. But um, I have an awesome group of kids and a good coaching staff, and so I think we've got a nice plan ahead of us to be sharp when we hit Greeley. It sounds like you've got a group that uh, reminds me of what uh, Coach Ray talks about. It's tough to get his players out of the gym. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Rylan and Sam and Ash, they're – I mean, I saw Sam today working Mm -hmm. out in the morning trying to get extra conditioning, and I'm like, what are you doing in here? You're supposed to be resting. And she just – there's no quitting those kids. There's there's no days off. They're they're always wanting to get better and be stronger and faster. Now, the the tournament is in in, in Greeley uh, coming up. Uh, Obviously, uh, uh, you'd like to have it here, but I guess you will next year now? Or is that going to – It's kind of up in the air. Mm -hmm. We're trying to figure that out right now. 
the big sky and our coaches committee are trying to figure out what we're going to do from this time forward with the way COVID is shaking everything up. Um, if certain things go the, the right way, then yeah, we probably might host next year. If mm-hmm. things go another way, we might not. So, so as far as uh, you mentioned in Northern Colorado, you think might be uh, the favorites. Wink, wink, says Steve. Um, but uh, who else? I would think Montana State's right there. And in Northern Arizona, the only team to hand you a, a loss. Yeah, I think I, I, I was talking to our coaches yesterday about that. I, I really do think it's a really good top-heavy tournament. I think Northern Colorado is the favorite. They're still, even though we were able to get them at their place, they're just stacked and they're really talented. Northern Arizona is very good. Sacramento State is a very good team and they've just gotten better as the season went along. So I don't think we can ever count them out. And Montana State gave us everything we could handle this weekend. So yeah, I think those, that us and those four teams are probably, any one of the, any one of us could probably take this tournament this weekend. Yeah, it should be uh, very interesting uh, up in in Greeley. When you take a look at uh, the sport as a whole, uh, obviously it's gotten more and more coverage on ESPN and all that, which is a good boost to to really all programs. Uh, And hopefully someday that uh, some of that uh, TV, other than Pluto, will trickle down to you guys. We hope so. I mean, not too many people know, but volleyball is the most participated sport for women in the entire country. They've just started a pro league, which is really exciting for for volleyball players in the United States. And so, we like to think that it's a it's a it's a sport that's gaining momentum inside the country. And for sure, with young girls, everyone a lot of women are trying to play this sport. And so, we'd like to try to utilize that momentum and hopefully hopefully get us a little more publicity. Well, I know my friend Holly Rowe would certainly agree with that. She does a great job on uh, covering the the tournament every year She's uh, very good. For, for ESPN. Uh, you mentioned the, the Pro League. Is, is it, uh, it just uh, every team is in California or is it spread out nationally well, now? Right now they're in this bubble, right? Oh, great, right. Yeah, the bubble. But everybody's got a Everybody's bubble. got the bubble right now, but they're hoping to get it so that it's spread out across the country mm-hmm. in different cities. So that's the goal. Uh, just That, that just uh, clicked with me in my head, which more often than not, nothing does. But uh, <laughs> Uh, the NCAA tournament, is that also going to be a bubble like the basketball tournament? Yes, it is. It's in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. So hopefully we get to go there because one of our players is from Nebraska. Mm-hmm. She, uh, That's really right, fun. from Lincoln, right? From Lincoln. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, yeah. Oh, I, I, I would give you a recommendation for food, but most of the places are closed, and the one that I went to uh, is out of business. So <laughs> my, my favorite one there, it's the only place I've ever been to where – they actually make their own ricotta cheese uh-huh. and put it in their pancake batter. Ooh. Those blueberry pancakes are the best uh, I've ever amazing. had. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you, you got your food <laughs> under control out well, there. Well, you know, <laughs> I, you know, go to with baseball, go to Omaha every other year. So yeah. I, I, I've picked my favorite spots. Exactly. Picked my favorite spot. Um, sometimes players are guarded around coaches. Sometimes they're not. If you were to pick one, who's the, the quiet leader? Who's the vocal leader on the team? Quiet leader. Um, for sure, our vocal leader is, I mean, Rylan Adams is, she's plenty vocal. I mean, <laughs> she, she's a, she's our emotional leader and she, she can kind of get us rolling. Um, it's hard to say who our quiet leader is. Danny Nay is pretty quiet. Michaela Sorensen, our freshman is, I mean, I think she's in church most of the time. She just doesn't, she just <laughs> kind of stays to herself and just really kind of just steady. But, um, I would say, Ash and Ash and Adam Ash Lynn Power and Ryland Adams have been a wonderful leaders this year, and and then there's Sam Shees who like consistently wants to talk through the net and talk trash. So <laughs> it's an interesting group of girls, and 
If I could give you those two, those are two of the kids that kind of lead us. You don't suppose she picked up some of that from her husband? For sure. I mean, <laughs> she's from South Ogden, so I mean, it's a, it's a short trip right there, I think, too. Uh, also, uh, along those same lines, and again, uh, they may be guarded, maybe they're not. Who's the funniest player on the team? <laughs> oh, man, the funniest player on the team. I, Riley Weiner, who doesn't play very, who plays sporadically and comes in and backs up Emma, she, that, kid is, that kid's funny. Like, mm -hmm. she makes me laugh every time she opens her mouth. And they're all, I mean, we laugh way too much when we're on road trips, mm -hmm. so we get along. And it's mostly we just like to make fun of each other. Like, mm -hmm. it's a free roast zone in our program. So if you're in the program, be ready to, to kind of get some slack every once in a while. So I really think that every successful program, regardless of the sport, needs to have that one or two players that, uh, that, that can uh, give the needle, be funny, keep things loose when it's the proper time to be loose. Yeah, for sure. And and we it's kind of funny. We were playing When we were playing that game you talked about, Northern Colorado, where we came back, there was a time in game four. They were just – there was a challenge on the other side, and they were over here just cracking jokes with me. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, we're pretty loose for being down 2-1 yeah. right now <laughs> and, and trying to come back. And they were just cracking jokes. They were talking about some stuff. And so, yeah – for sure, they can stay pretty loose in times of uh, where probably they should be really tense, but they're not. Well, Jeremiah, congratulations on uh, the uh, regular season championship and best of luck in Greeley. Awesome. Appreciate it so much. Thank you. All right. That's uh, Jeremiah Larson, the head coach of the Big Sky Champion Volleyball Team at Weber State. Back with more of our Far Better Sports Show here on 1031 The Wave. We can all agree on one thing, and that's everyone loves ice cream. Far Better Ice Cream has been a part of your family, serving flavors and smiles for over a century. Welcome back to a Far Better Sports Show on 1031 The Wave with your host, Steve Klauke. And welcome back to a Far Better Sports Show. You know, Far's ice cream is made out of the highest quality ingredients and is the finest ice cream manufactured in the West. Far better ice cream. Come down and join us. We'll be here till 8 o'clock at the corner of 21st Street and Grand Avenue. Come enjoy a scoop or two. Or if you're really adventurous, you can either try the half kitchen sink, which has 10 scoops of ice cream, or the whole kitchen sink, which has 20 scoops of ice cream, vanilla, chocolate, strawberry, mint, bananas, hot fudge, caramel, strawberries, whipped cream, nuts, cherries, and two cones. That whole kitchen sink probably weighs more than our next guest. She is Summer Allen, who recently placed seventh in the NCAA cross-country championships, which makes her an All-American. And uh, first of all, Summer, thanks for joining us here at FARS, and uh, congratulations. Uh, what a race. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. What was that experience uh, like? I mean, uh, you hadn't been to the Nationals in eight years. We'll get into that later, but uh, uh, it was down in Oklahoma, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, uh, that seventh place finish was amazing. Yeah, so, I mean, it was pretty crazy. It was kind of surreal because uh, the first time I, was, I went to Nationals, I was just 18 years old, and then I had a whole bunch of things um, that kind of postponed my running and returning back there so um going back finally after seven and a half years was pretty awesome and i felt a lot more prepared this time my freshman year i had no clue what i was doing and this year it was like okay i've been around the block once but i was also with other people that had been around the block more than once and they were able to help me out and i don't know it's just an awesome experience so now, the team itself did not qualify. You qualified as an individual. Uh, how strange is it, uh, how different is it that you're wearing the Weber State colors by yourself and your teammates aren't out there? 
Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. Um, I mean, I definitely feel a little bit lost without my teammates at times. Um, I definitely prefer to have them around. They're a lot of fun, and they help me to relax, and uh, I had to figure out how to relax in other ways, and so I actually ended up warming up with all of the other individual qualifiers from Utah. Mm -hmm. So there were four other individual qualifiers from Utah, actually. We have a pretty uh, talented group of runners that come out of Utah, and so that helped me to kind of feel like I had my own team that was from Utah, even though my Weaver State team didn't quite make it. They were really close this year, but I, I'm confident that we'll make it in the fall. So, uh, Did you know the other Utah runners before? Is, is, is the running community that close-knit, or are you meeting them for the first time? So I had actually, no, I knew most of them, um, but one of the girls, the Utah girl, Poppy Tank, I didn't know her. She also ended up uh, becoming an All-American, but I knew of her because of the running community. It is pretty small. I was really, really good friends with her old training partner who has since uh, finished her running career at the U. And anyways, so yeah, I, I guess I, you could say I knew them or knew of all of the other Utah runners, and so that made it kind of fun. How different was it uh, running a course that being in Oklahoma was probably pretty flat and you were at sea level? <laughs> Um, it was actually not flat. Really? So that's the funny thing. So this was Coach Tally's words, the hilliest course I've ever seen. <laughs> and Coach Pilkington, he's he's been around a little bit longer than Coach Tally, and so he, he said it was one of the hilliest courses he'd seen, but probably the hilliest of all of the Nationals courses he's seen. So I was expecting it to be fairly flat too because everything in the surrounding area was fairly flat but it was really, really hilly. And so um, I was actually happy about the hills because I do a lot of hill training. We live in Ogden, we're up against the mountains, so I run trails all the time. And that's kind of my my jam or my cup of tea, so. Yeah, it's kind of strange because I've, 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 I go to Oklahoma almost every year with the Salt Lake Bees and uh, uh, I don't see, I don't remember seeing any hills. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Um, just a question uh, about your your background. I mean, when uh, at what age did you start uh, thinking that you wanted to run competitively, and when did you start? Uh, I don't know if I ever really thought about it. My parents kind of got me into it at a really young age. I was probably, I mean, I have pictures from when I was like three and four doing little uh, fun runs mm -hmm. as a kid. They were like 100 meters, you know, nothing crazy. I don't think I won any of those races, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I... I gained a love for running at an early age, and I remember being more competitive and wanting to go to nationals for USATF cross country when I was about uh, probably between 8 and 10, so I was pretty young, but yeah, I mean, I think the love just grew from there, so when I was in junior high, I started to realize that I had a little bit more potential and then when I got into high school it grew even more and when I really started training regularly and seeing the benefits of my training pay off then it was really exciting because I was able to see how much better I could be if I worked hard so I can't ever think of a time when I would not resist a bad pun so I'm going to do it this time I don't want to jog your memory 
But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you, you ran it at, at Orem High School. Uh, how did you wind up being recruited and ending up at Weber State? Yeah, so I was actually, I mean, growing up, I thought I was just going to end up at BYU because mm-hmm. that's what pretty much everybody does that goes to Orem High or lives in Utah County. But for some reason, something just wasn't sitting well with me. It didn't seem like the best fit for me. And I also was kind of turned off by the fact that I would be running roads a lot. Mm -hmm. And so, anyways, BYU is a great school. I actually think BYU is awesome. But um, Weber State, when I came on my visit, I just felt more at home and like this was where I was supposed to be. And they took me on just a regular distance run and we went up on the trails and it was super awesome. And I was like, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to train. Um, because I knew that I would have fun at Weber. And if I was having fun, I was going to be more successful. Whereas if I was, I don't know. I mean, I just think if I had ended up somewhere else where I was running roads all the time, I'm not sure that I would have found the success I found here because I wouldn't have been having as much fun. But um, that's that's my opinion on it. <laughs> uh, 2013, you were here as a freshman. And then 2014, if I remember correctly, that you suffered a knee injury. And then uh, everything kind of kind of changed. You you wound up going on a mission. You wound up getting married. You, you had a baby that's here. And uh, what brought you back to the, 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 the cross-country courses? I think I just realized that I had unfinished business. And so I kept having different little things kind of set me back and different injuries here and there. But... I would come back every time and I'd be like, okay, you know, this is going to be my year. I still want to be an All-American in cross country. That was the goal I made as a freshman. And then what ended up happening is uh, I ended up getting into really good shape the summer of 2019. And that was when I was like, okay, this is, this is definitely my year. And it was supposed to be my senior cross country season. So I, I got really excited. I, posted my longest run ever I was feeling super fit and I just felt confident that the season was going to go well well the very next day after I'd posted my longest run I actually took a pregnancy test and that's the day I found out I was pregnant and I was like oh no this this is not my year (laughs) but I mean after that even after that I, I had come back from from serving a mission and and from various injuries and so I knew I could come back and I had other people that I looked up to that were really an inspiration to me that had come back from childbirth and had found a lot of success in running and so that gave me a ton of hope and let me know that okay if I work hard then it's going to be the same as it was before um, but I'm going to have an even bigger support group so and it's a support group that uh, you really need because you're trying to, to juggle, you know, being a wife, being a mother, and being a student all at once. Oh, yeah, definitely. The I could not have done what I've done this year without my support group. Mm-hmm. We've had, I mean, my husband has helped out a ton, but, I mean, he's also running, so that mm-hmm. makes it more difficult because we both have to get our run in mm-hmm. at some point, and if we want to go to workouts with the team, then we have to find babysitting, and we've had... A lot of people reach out to us to uh, offer babysitting help and different things. We've had our family members reach out to us. It's just been amazing to see everybody come together to help my husband and I both to try to accomplish these goals that we have. 
Now, how was it this fall, uh, maybe uh, for you and your teammates, to do to run cross country while holding uh, track and field at the same time, with uh, with basically your cross country season being pushed into the middle of track season? I actually liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, the more variety, the better. I just love when things are not the same. So I, I think that's part of the reason I love trail running. Um, I I do pretty well with changes and uh that sort of thing and so i don't know i just thought it was super fun i thought it'd be fun to you know we'd go to a cross-country course one day and then the next week we were on the track at down at byu and then we were on another cross-country course and then we were in iowa for a track meet and then we were back to cross-country and it was just fun for me. So I think it helped to kind of switch up the monotony that you can sometimes feel when you're just doing track. Um, but now I'm, you know, now it's just outdoor track and I'm ready to focus on that and I'm excited about that too. So. Well, whenever you're introduced, they make, they got to make sure that they introduce you properly. All-American Summer Allen. Congratulations on the race. Congratulations on being named All-American. And thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right. That's uh, Summer Allen. As again, uh, Weber State's uh, All-American with their seven-place finish in the National Cross-Country Championships. Just a reminder, we've got football coming up on Saturday, 1 o'clock kickoff, 12.30 pregame here on 103.1 The Wave as the Wildcats take on Northern Arizona University. Hope you can join us for that, and then it's on to Cedar City for a football game against Southern Utah a week from Saturday. Our thanks to Kelly Monson back in our uh, studios at 103.1 The Wave, and also our thanks to the folks here at FAR for their hospitality. As always, we'll be back here on April 20th for the final show of the year. I'm Steve Klauke saying enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you at the football game on Saturday. And so long. You've been listening to the Far Better Sports Show on 103.1 The Wave.